Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. From makeshift studios deep in the heart of Stately Main Manor, this is the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. You can follow the show's Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. And we have made it, folks. Episode 100. Let the celebration begin because today, this is the show that I covered today that made me a fan of professional wrestling for good. I had dabbled in watching a few things here and there, but this is the show that did it for me. And I was in a bad place in my life. Like I wasn't a bad kid, but I was like a screwed up 13 year old kid. I was just moody and without direction. And I, I needed something in my life to give me structure And watching wrestling provided me with an appropriate outlet for, I don't know, my aggressions or just whatever it was. Wrestling was the thing that just made everything else click for me. And it was this show that I'm going to cover today that did it. But I was, I had mentioned that I went to the doctor and the doctor prescribed a a cream for something that I have. And she said, I think that this will clear it up. And we, she sent the prescription in and I went and gave my name and birth date. And they said, okay, we've got one prescription for you. So they go and they get it. And then she says, do you have a insurance card? And so I gave her my prescription insurance card and she spent five minutes just clicking buttons and putting her cursor over different things. And it ended up costing me $4, but she's like, Oh, that's better. We saved you some money today because it was $30, a $30 copay tube of cream. I'm wondering how much it started off costing. How much did this thing cost to begin with? Like what part didn't the copay cover? So thankfully I got it for $4, but moving on from there, almost into November and it's finally turning cooler here in Maine. And um, I look forward to those nights where it's quiet and it's cool. That's good sleeping weather and getting over COVID still having the lingering effects of that. Just the extreme exhaustion. I need the good sleeping weather lately. But let's get right down to it. The reason that we are all here today, we are looking at WrestleMania 7 from the WWF. Now, I have mentioned before that in my hometown, we didn't have cable. And so there was no way for me to get this show. But my best friend Bubba, his dad worked for a man who had cable or satellite or something. Anyway, he got the show and recorded it. 
and gave Bubba the tape. And so Bubba let me borrow the tape. And I forget, I don't know if I was on spring break or if I was sick at the time, but I had a few days off from school. And so I just watched it because, you know, I was used to watching like sitcoms or cartoons, 30 minutes and you're out. And it was like I was savoring this. Plus, we only had one VCR at the time in the den of our home. And unless I was there alone, I was not getting to watch anything wrestling. So I had to pick and choose the times that I got to watch something. WrestleMania 7 took place on March the 24th, 1991 from the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. There were 16,158 in attendance. Let's turn to Wikipedia for a bit of history. WrestleMania 7 was originally scheduled to be held at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, but the WWF decided to move the event to the adjacent Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena. The WWF's stated reason for the venue change was that it had security concerns in the wake of Sergeant Slaughter's betrayal of an Iraqi sympathizer during the Gulf War. This was dismissed by outlets such as Slam Sports of Canada, who chalked up the venue change to poor advanced ticket sales and the company having difficulty filling the estimated 100,000 seats available. According to former WWF executive Bruce Pritchard, both were accurate statements. In his podcast, Something to Wrestle With, Pritchard said that even if the WWF had sold out the Coliseum, the scope of the event was too large for police to ensure its security. Pritchard explained further in an interview with Kayfabe Commentaries that the WWF would have had to foot the entire bill for the amount of security necessary to keep the wrestlers and fans safe from all potential issues, citing both the possibility of an outside attack and the crime rate of the surrounding neighborhood. Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter wrote that between 11,900 and 15,000 tickets were sold before the move. He also reported that no tickets had to be refunded, indicating that sales were under 15,500. Comp tickets were believed to help fill the show's crowd. Superstars and Stripes Forever The tagline for the event was Superstars and Stripes Forever and is remembered for its theme of American patriotism in the wake of the Gulf War. American flags were hung all over the arena and the ring apron and banners were colored red, white, and blue, which was the basis for the main event between Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. This was the first WrestleMania not to feature Jesse Ventura as a color commentator. Gorilla Monsoon hosted the event with Bobby Heenan. We get a classic Vince McMahon introduction. This gives me chills. Champion Sergeant Slaughter versus the Immortal Howard Finkel introduces Willie Nelson to sing America the Beautiful. 
He does a good job and is wearing one of the toy championship belts that they were selling at the time. Gorilla Monsoon welcomes us to WrestleMania 7. The USA chant goes out. Monsoon then brings out Jim Duggan, who is going to help him do commentary on the opening match. Duggan is decked out in red, white, and blue with the Uncle Sam hat. He gets a nice ovation. He and Gorilla preview some of the matches coming up. Sean Mooney interviews the Rockers. They say while the Barbarian Haku are big and strong, the Rockers are tag team specialists. Shawn Michaels says that they will turn heads, turn on crowds, and come out on top. The Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty versus the Barbarian and Haku with Bobby Heenan. The Rockers get a nice pop when they come out. Speed versus power. Haku and Michaels start out. Haku catches Michaels in a bear hug as a weasel chant goes out. Michaels is selling for Haku. They do a nice sequence. Michaels gets a shoulder block. Janetti tagged in and he and Michaels do a double hip toss. Barbarian comes in and hits both rockers with a double clothesline. He tries it again and the rockers duck and hit a double super kick. The heels regroup outside. Barbarian beating on Janetti, who tries the sunset flip, but Barbarian won't go down. Barbarian catches Janetti, but Michaels kicks Barbarian's back, allowing Janetti to do a hurricane rana on Barbarian. Double headbutt by the heels and Haku is tagged in. Haku chops Janetti. Michaels tries to get in and referee Danny Davis stops him. Barbarian and Haku do a stun gun on Janetti. They gesture to the crowd instead of going for a pin. Barbarian in and he gorilla presses Janetti. The heels double teaming. Janetti sneaks across body for a two count. Janetti selling hard for Haku. Barbarian in. He gets a bear hug on Janetti. Janetti gets caught coming off the top rope and is power slammed by the Barbarian. Barbarian misses a top rope headbutt. Michaels and Haku tagged in. Michaels hits a back elbow. He then hits a swinging neckbreaker for a two count. Michaels and Janetti double team to get Haku down in a sunset flip. Rockers double drop kick Barbarian outside, and Michaels gets a crossbody on Haku to win. Duggan bails when he finds out that Bobby Heenan is going to join the commentary booth. Mean Gene Okerlund talks to Regis Philbin, Marla Maples, and Alex Trebek. Regis is scared of Earthquake and the story of him tipping over the pizza truck. Marla is excited to be a locker room reporter. Mean Gene and Alex Trebek do a variation on the Abbott and Costello Who's On First routine when talking about Trebek's role as a guest ring announcer. Dino Bravo with Jimmy Hart versus the Texas Tornado. Heenan is upset that he's not the only celebrity at WrestleMania. Tornado gets a nice ovation coming out. Bravo attacks as the bell rings. He clotheslines Tornado outside of the ring. Back in, Tornado gets an atomic drop and a clothesline. Bravo then fights off the claw. These two would die less than three weeks apart in 1993. Bravo with some chops and a let up on a Tornado charge. Bravo drops an elbow for a two count. Bravo hits a side suplex for a two count. Bravo goes for a blow off the top rope, but gets caught in the claw. Tornado then hits the discus punch and gets the pin. The crowd gives him a good reaction. Sean Mooney interviews the Warlord and Slick. They say it would take a whole pack of dogs to take down the Warlord, not just one dog. The Warlord says no wrestler has escaped his full Nelson. Mean Gene interviews the British Bulldog who has Winston the Bulldog with him. 
Mean Gene asks him if this is his day, and he says yes, because every dog has his day. The British Bulldog with Winston versus the Warlord and Slick. This is because it's 1991 WWF pay-per-view, and these two have to wrestle. Heenan says you can see the fleas jumping off of Winston, and Gorilla gives him one of his classic, Will you stop to Heenan? before telling the audience that we won't be seeing a lot of flying head scissors or drop kicks. This is a power match. The Warlord focuses on Bulldog's back. They do a move me spot and Bulldog knocks Warlord to the outside. Warlord continues to work on the back. Bulldog does a crucifix and Warlord counters by dropping back. Warlord then drops three elbows for a two count. Warlord gets a bear hug on. Then does a stun gun on Bulldog. They trade blows. Warlord hits a belly-to-belly suplex. He then hits a snapmare and gets a chin lock. Bulldog comes back with some big blows and a drop kick. He then gets a right hand and a crossbody for a two count. Bulldog tries for a pile driver. Warlord reverses it into a backdrop. Bulldog turns it into a sunset flip. Warlord drops to his knees for a two count. Bulldog gets a double underhook for a two count. Warlord gets a foot up at a bulldog charge. Heenan says that England sent Bulldog over during the Gulf War and they sent him back as Warlord gets the full Nelson on. Monsoon, of course, says the fingers aren't locked. Bulldog breaks it. He then gets Warlord up on his shoulder for the power slam. He hits it and gets the pin. Mean Gene talks to Jimmy Hart and the Nasty Boys. They say that now is the time and they will be the new champions because they are going to crack the foundation. Sean Mooney interviews the Hart Foundation. I don't think Anvil drinks decaf because he is so intense here. Brett calls the Nasty Boys scum. WWF Tag Team Championship Match. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart versus the Nasty Boys, Jerry Sags and Brian Knobs with Jimmy Hart. They show Macaulay Culkin and Grill Monsoon says he wouldn't be home alone watching this. I see what you did there, Gorilla. Sags and Brett start. Sags in control. Brett then evens the odds on both members of the Nasty Boys. Knobs tagged in. Neidhart tagged in. They slug it out and Knobs is tossed outside. Back in, the Nasty Boys double-team Neidhart in their corner. Brett in against Sags. Russian leg sweep and fist drop on Sags. Knobs comes in and hits Brett and knocks him out. Brett is just brutalized. Sags gets a backbreaker and then a camel clutch. Knobs then tagged in and he picks up the camel clutch. Quick tags by the Nasty Boys. Sags hits a neckbreaker. Brett then comes back with a neckbreaker of his own. Knobs in. Brett breaks the hole. Knobs misses a corner charge. The referee misses the Brett tag to Neidhart and won't allow it. Knobs goes to hit Brett with Jimmy Hart's megaphone and hits Sags instead. Neidhart then tagged in and he cleans house. He gets a two count on Knobs. It breaks down. Brett nails Jimmy Hart on the outside. The Hart Foundation then hit the heart attack finisher on Knobs. The referee goes to get Brett outside and Sags hits Neidhart with Jimmy Hart's helmet. Knobs rolls over and pins Neidhart. We have new tag team champions. Jimmy Hart is ecstatic. Flashback to what happened between Rick Martell and Jake Roberts that led to the blindfold match. They do a weird cut here to Jake's promo, but it is money. The blind... Leading the blind promo. Blindfold match. Jake Roberts with Damien versus Rick Martell. 
A lot of people hate this match and I don't know why. It's an entertaining match. It isn't rocket science. It's wrestling. Martel should be more appreciated than he is. Roberts is so over, yet he turns in a few months and becomes arguably the biggest heel of 1991. Roberts and Martel both react perfectly to having the hoods on. I have used Roberts' tactics of pointing while blindfolded to play Marco Polo in the pool, and it's more effective than you would think it would be. Both Heenan and Monsoon are great in this match. Roberts momentarily finds Martel and the crowd comes alive. Martel backs into Roberts and trips and Roberts gets a two count. Martel grabs Roberts and hits him. Then Irish whips him, but Roberts wanders right by. The two wander around and bump into each other and run the ropes, but Martel falls. Roberts gets on all fours. More pointing by Roberts, but Martel keeps moving. Roberts bumps into him, so Martel gets a body slam, but misses an elbow drop. They both inadvertently grab the referee, thinking it's the other person. Roberts gets to Martel briefly, but he gets to the ropes. A DDT chant goes out. Martel goes into the corner that Damien's bag is in and freaks out when he feels it. Great verbal interplay by Monsoon and Heenan here. Martel grabs Roberts. Roberts bumped outside. Martel makes his way out, gets a chair, and starts jabbing there with it. He backs into a post and swings the chair and hurts his hand. Roberts feels him and drags him back in. Martel gets a backbreaker and goes for the Boston Crab, but Roberts powers out. Martel wanders over, right into a DDT, and Roberts gets the pin. The crowd loves it. Roberts busts up the air against Atomizer. He then releases Damien. He puts Damien on Martel, who bails quickly. Marla Maples interviews the Nasty Boys and Jimmy Hart, who are celebrating with the rest of Hart's stable of men. The champagne is flowing freely. The Undertaker with Paul Bearer versus Superfly Jimmy Snuka. The beginning of the streak, although it would be a long time before it is, it is even acknowledged. For a little perspective, the combined ages of the two men who would beat him at WrestleMania on this date is 18. The combined ages is 18. Monsoon calls Snuka the Phenom. Undertaker gets some cheers as he comes out. They just stare at each other to start. Undertaker attacks. He does his patented flying throat slam to Snuka. Undertaker gets a boot up at a Snuka corner charge, and Snuka falls to the outside. Undertaker suplexes him back in from the apron. Undertaker misses an elbow drop. Undertaker ducks a Snuka crossbody attempt, and Snuka lands stomach first onto the ropes and falls outside. Coming back, Snuka goes for a clothesline from the ropes but Taker catches him. He puts the tombstone on him and pins him. Undertaker is 1-0 at WrestleMania. Flashback to what has led to the career versus career match between the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage. They show Gorilla and Bobby on camera, and as Gorilla is talking about the match, something catches Bobby's eye. He glances over and has this look on his face. He gets Gorilla's attention as Howard Finkel starts the introductions for the match. This is a masterful job by Heenan and Monsoon here. Heenan has the director follow to where he is pointing. He has seen Miss Elizabeth in the crowd. Heenan says that's a low move to come and see if Savage is going to lose. Randy Savage and Queen Sherry are brought to the ring on a throne carried by six men. Savage throws an arm up and gets some cheers. Queen Sherry's outfit awakens some feelings for a 13-year-old that I will cherish forever. 
When the warrior's music hits, he doesn't come out right away. He then walks to the ring instead of running to show the magnitude of the match. Both Gorilla and Bobby comment on it. When he gets to the ring, he does shake the ropes. A warrior chant goes out. Both men preen to the crowd from a turnbuckle. They do a brief lockup but breaks it up as Donald Trump has finally made it to his seat. Warrior pushes Savage down. Savage does some bumping early for the business. Savage rolls out to regroup but flies back in when he sees Warrior turn his back to look at Queen Sherry. Warrior comes back and clotheslines Savage. He then gives Savage two atomic drops. Queen Sherry comes in but Warrior throws Savage on her and they both go rolling out. Savage gets tied in the ropes for a minute and Warrior kicks him. Savage coming back. Double clothesline. Savage goes for a crossbody, but Warrior catches him. He sets him down and slaps him. Savage goes outside and throws a chair in and attacks Warrior when the referee throws the chair back out of the ring. Blow for blow, Savage is selling hard. Warrior kicking Savage in the corner. Savage moves as Warrior misses a corner charge and goes flying out. Queen Sherry attacks Warrior on the outside and Savage hits a top rope double axe handle to the outside. Queen Sherry attacks again. Warrior pushes Queen Sherry down and Savage hits Warrior from behind. He then runs him into the corner post. Queen Sherry attacks again. A Savage knee drop gets a two count. A Warrior backslide then gets a two count. Savage backs up and spits on the Warrior. Queen Sherry comes up on the apron to distract Warrior, but Savage gets caught and Warrior clotheslines him. Warrior runs the ropes and, does, and goes to shoulder tackle Savage, but Savage stays low and slams Warrior down on the canvas. He gets a two count from it. Savage gets a sleeper on. Queen Sherry up on the apron, pounding her hands, and the referee pushes her off. Warrior fighting back. Another double clothesline. Queen Sherry trying to revive Savage. The referee again goes to yell at Queen Sherry while Warrior gets a small package on Savage. Warrior gets up to argue the call and Savage hits Warrior with a high knee to the back that knocks Warrior into the referee. Savage holds Warrior for Queen Sherry to take her shoe off and hit him with it from the top rope. But Warrior moves and she hits Savage. Warrior then goes after Queen Sherry. He gets her on the apron but Savage rolls him up for a two count. Savage runs Warrior into the corner. Savage hits a stun gun on Warrior. Savage then does his patented jump the top rope guillotine the other guy move. Savage slams Warrior for a two count. Savage then delivers five consecutive flying elbow smashes from the top rope on Warrior. He then covers him and gets a two and a half count. Savage can't believe the Warrior kicked out and neither can the crowd or the commentators. Savage argues with the referee. Warrior starts his comeback. He's shaking the ropes. He clotheslines Savage several times. Liz is looking worried. He press slams Savage and hits him with the big splash. He then gets a two and a half count and the crowd doesn't know what to do. The warrior looks up and asks his gods or higher power or little warriors or whatever if it is time for him to step aside or continue. Donald Trump also looked up and I have to admit that I laughed. Queen Sherry is almost halfway into the ring beating the mat trying to get Savage to get up. The warrior steps halfway through the ropes as if he were leaving. The referee asks him if he knows what he's doing as his career would be over if he gets counted out. 
Savage climbing and trying to make his way up and knocks Warrior to the outside of the ring. He gets Warrior over a barricade and gets Queen Sherry to hold him. As Savage goes to the top rope to double axe hand Warrior, but Warrior moves at the last second and plants a fist into Savage's midsection. Warrior throws Savage back in and says, Now I know. He shakes the ropes. He hits a big shoulder block that knocks Savage back outside. Warrior throws him back in. He hits another shoulder block that knocks Savage back outside. Warrior throws him back in. A third shoulder block. He then pins Savage with one foot standing on him. The crowd loves it. Queen Sherry is in utter shock. Warrior grabs his jacket, gets up on the turnbuckle to salute the crowd, and then puts his foot back on Savage, who hasn't moved, to acknowledge the cheers. Warrior then leaves. Queen Sherry throws the referee out of the way. She is just berating Savage. She takes off the chain part of her outfit and kicks Savage. Even Heenan is like Sherry. He did his best, and he survived longer than anyone else could have. She kicks him over and over as they show Elizabeth in the crowd, and Monsoon calls Sherry an ingrate. More kicks, and then Queen Sherry runs Savage's head into the mat. Liz comes over the barricade. As more people realize who it is, the ovation gets louder. She grabs Sherry by the hair and tosses her out to a big ovation. She goes to check on Savage, who swats her away without seeing who it is. He crawls to the corner and finally gets up. He goes to punch Liz thinking that it is Sherry before realizing who it is. He asks her why she is here. She's crying. Sherry is screaming at ringside as the referee is dragging her away. The ref tells Savage what happened. The crowd is cheering Savage and Liz. They are encouraging him. Savage is unsure. Then they embrace to a big pop. People are weeping in the crowd. He lifts her up and puts her on his shoulder. They show the guy with the yellow thing on his head and glasses, and I realize that he's dressed like the Macho King. It took me 30 years to realize that. Women in the audience are weeping and cheering. Liz holds the ropes for Savage, and he says not this time, and holds the ropes for her. The fans give him a standing ovation before he leaves the ring. If you plot the story of Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania, it would be from WrestleMania's 2 through 8. 2 is our introduction to the two, kind of, with George Steele. Then 3 with the Ricky Steamboat match, which also includes Steele. Then, as you show that Savage is a great wrestler at 3, he has to put on the Ultimate Wrestling Exhibition at 4. Then you have his downfall leading to 5, his time in the darkness that also brings Elizabeth back at 6, then finally redemption and a return to the good side with him and Elizabeth reuniting at 7, before you have him regain the championship at 8. A solid story of those two at WrestleMania. We then go to our intermission. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan talk about the Intercontinental title match. They then talk about the WWF title match and the career-ending match that just occurred. Regis Philbin is with The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. He tries to interview them, and they are busy measuring him. Alex Trebek is with Demolition and Mr. Fuji. They say that Mr. Fuji is the only one with all the answers, and Fuji says, I'm quoting Mr. Fuji here, Soon, Jap opponent will know all about it. Yikes. Then Alex repeats it to add gravitas. Double yikes. 
Regis is talking to Tenru and Katao. Regis says they are straight from Japan. Connie Chung, eat your heart out. This part of the show doesn't age well and isn't getting any easier, is it? Regis tries to interview them about strategy, but they don't say anything. He finally gets them to acknowledge Toyota, Isuzu, and Columbia Pictures. They finally ask for Kathy Lee. Alex is with Jake Roberts and Damien. Alex is scared of snakes, but Jake says Damien is a big fan of Jeopardy. Demolition Smash and Crush with Mr. Fuji versus Tenru and Katao. Monsoon says Axe and Smash as they come to the ring, but I will give him a pass for that as Axe and Smash were a team for a long time. Demolition Attack Before the Bell. This is a bathroom and popcorn match as there are a lot of empty seats. Katao takes on both members of Demolition. All four in. Fuji hits Katao with his cane. Lots of stereotypical jokes by Heenan in this one. Demolition double teaming on Katao. Heenan says, I smell Kiko Man. I thought it was a Japanese cologne for a long time and didn't understand Monsoon's filling your belly comment. Tenru tagged in and unloads on both members of Demolition. Crush hits a backbreaker on Tenru. They set Tenru up for the Demolition decapitation, but Katao pushes Crush off. Tenru then does a powerbomb on Smash to get the pin. Heenan bails to get ready for the next match. Mean Gene interviews the big boss man. Boss man is probably in the best shape of his life. He says that he will be the champion and get revenge for Bobby Heenan making fun of his mother. Sean Mooney talks to Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan. Heenan makes reference to the Rodney King beating that took place shortly before this and says he will provide the same thing at WrestleMania for free when Mr. Perfect takes on the big boss man. WWF Intercontinental Championship match. Mr. Perfect with Bobby Heenan versus the big boss man. Boss man gets a nice ovation coming out. Lord Alfred Hayes joins Gorilla Monsoon at commentary. Perfect throws his towel at Bossman who wipes it on his butt and throws it back. They then spit on each other. Then Perfect slaps Bossman, then bails to the outside, but Bossman follows and slaps Perfect, who oversells the slap. Bossman in control. He and Perfect are working their asses off. A weasel chant goes out. Bossman gets his leg on the opponent's head on the ropes move-in if you're drinking at home. Bossman takes his belt off. He lashes Perfect with it. Perfect then gets the belt and wraps his hand with it and nails Bossman. They trade shots. Big corner whip on Bossman by Perfect. Perfect gets an abdominal stretch on and Heenan says to ring the bell as he goes over to the timekeeper. Standing dropkick by Perfect. He then does his patented rolling snapmare. Perfect goes for the Perfect Plex, but Bossman blocks it and turns it into a small package for a two count. Perfect then does a reverse rolling snapmare. Perfect goes up top, but Bossman gets a leg up. Perfect then bumping all over for Bossman. He posts Perfect. It goes outside and Perfect throws Bossman into the ring steps. Heenan then kicks Bossman. Andre the Giant comes at, out in what would be his final WrestleMania appearance. Heenan does a retreat. Andre grabs the IC belt as he continues to stalk Heenan. Bossman knocked out and as Perfect goes over to Andre and the referee is distracted, Andre nails Perfect with the belt. Both men are down and the referee is counting both down. Bossman gets up first. He struggles over and gets a close two count. Haku and the Barbarian come in for the disqualification. 
Andre nails perfect while Bossman takes care of Haku and Barbarian. Bossman raises his arms victorious, but of course doesn't win the title. Bossman thanks Andre and then they leave. Lord Alfred then leaves the announced position. Mean Gene interviews Donald Trump. He says he is here enjoying WrestleMania with some friends and hopes to host WrestleMania again real soon. Gene then interviews Chuck Norris. Norris says the wrestlers are great athletes. Henry Winkler is then interviewed and says he's happy that the Ultimate Warrior got his ultimate win. Lou Ferrigno is interviewed. He says it's like real-life superheroes. Earthquake with Jimmy Hart versus Greg Valentine. Heenan is back at the announce table and says that he and Donald Trump are going out later. Earthquake gets a two-count after a big slam. Valentine comes back as Earthquake misses a big slam and Monsoon pulls out his It Takes Greg Valentine 15 Minutes to Get Warmed Up bit if you're drinking at home. Heenan talks about Andre showing up and being bewildered because they are good friends. Gorilla doesn't buy it, of course. Valentine trying to knock Earthquake down. He finally gets him down and goes for the figure four. Hart climbs up on the apron to taunt Valentine, who goes after Hart and gets attacked from behind by Earthquake. Earthquake drops the elbow, then does the sit-down splash for the pin. He goes for another one, but Valentine rolls out of the ring. Sean Mooney interviews the Legion of Doom. Animal says they should be the new tag champs, but they got screwed by power and glory. Hawk then does a variation on the sour and gory line that that he made famous in the Coliseum video version of the show. The Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal versus Power and Glory, Hercules and Paul Roma with Slick. Power and Glory double-team the LOD as the ring introductions are made. Hawk then hits a double clothesline. Hawk and Hercules battle outside. Roma knocks Animal down. He goes off the top rope, but Animal power slams him after catching him. Animal then picks Roma up for Hawk to do the Doomsday device. Quick pin. They mind that they want the tag titles around their waists. Flashback to what led to the Ted DiBiase versus Virgil match. Ted DiBiase versus Virgil with Roddy Piper. DiBiase comes out first. Then they announce Piper who comes down on a crutch due to a real life motorcycle accident. Piper calls out Virgil who gets a nice pop coming out. A Virgil chant goes out and he is hitting DiBiase to start with. DiBiase rolls out to regroup. Virgil hits a back elbow and gets a two count. DiBiase then gets a back elbow and a clothesline. He then hits a pile driver and a suplex for a two count. A gut wrench suplex also gets a two count. DiBiase throws Virgil out and then pushes Piper down. The crowd boos. Back in, DiBiase hits a power slam as Piper fights to get back to his feet. Piper uses his crutch to pull the top rope down and DiBiase falls out. He then punches Piper. DiBiase doesn't pay attention and gets counted out. DiBiase attacks Virgil and puts the million dollar dream on him. Some fans help Piper up and he gets in the ring. He hits DiBiase with his crutch. Sensational Sherry comes down and grabs the crutch and she and DiBiase attack Piper. They go after the bad leg. Virgil grabs the crutch and the heels leave. Piper is telling everyone to stay away from him. Virgil says to Piper to get up. Piper finally does. Sean Mooney interviews Sergeant Slaughter and General Adnan. Mooney shows highlight of what led to the title match. Adnan says some stuff in Iraqi and then Slaughter says he's the champ and he plays by his own rules. And he will see Hulk Hogan on his back defeated. 
He says he is willing to be disqualified or counted out to remain champion. The Mountie with Jimmy Hart versus Tito Santana. Santana hits the flying forearm early and then runs Mountie and Hart into each other before throwing Mountie back in. Santana in control. Mountie gets the cattle prod on Santana's stomach to get the pin when the referee wasn't looking. Mean Gene talks to Hulk Hogan. Hogan says Sergeant Slaughter will never burn the Hulk Hogan symbol again and that Hogan has secret weapons. Hogan says he isn't the same person that was attacked by Sergeant Slaughter and General Adnan. He tears his shirt towards the end. Alex Trebek, Marla Maples, and Regis Philbin are introduced. Heenan says he and Monsoon don't need Regis to join them. People hate Slaughter and Adnan as they come out. They really hiss at them. Hogan gets a huge ovation as he comes out. A USA chant goes out. Slow to start. Slaughter is slow in taking his stuff off. A Hogan chant goes out. Collar and elbow. They shove the referee as they are against the ropes. The USA chant again as Hogan shoves Slaughter off. Slaughter rolls out to regroup with Adnan. Hogan comes out after Slaughter and Adnan goes to attack him and Hogan then goes after Adnan. Slaughter gets a chair to hit Hogan. It has no effect on Hogan. Slaughter sticks his finger into Hogan's eye and takes over. A USA chant starts again. Slaughter misses an elbow smash. Heenan asks Regis to his victory party and Regis says he can't make it that night but perhaps Kathy Lee Gifford could come and Bobby says they're full. That made me laugh out loud. Hogan nails Adnan. Hogan hits a corner charge. Hogan then hits an atomic drop for a two count. It goes outside and Hogan rakes Slaughter's back. Back in, a Hogan running elbow gets a two count. Hogan then hits a backdrop. Slaughter does his patented corner bump off of an Irish whip. Hogan hits a high knee. Hogan then hits a slingshot into the corner on Slaughter, then delivers several punches. Hogan hits another Irish whip in a clothesline into the corner. Hogan beating Slaughter from pillar to post, but can't get the three count. Slaughter catches Hogan coming off the second rope but Hogan recovers and slams Slaughter. Hogan goes up top, but Adnan grabs his leg and Slaughter slams him off the top rope. Slaughter clotheslines Hogan outside. Slaughter hits Hogan several times with the chair. He then wraps a TV cable around Hogan's neck. A Hogan chant goes out. Back in, Slaughter focuses on Hogan's back. Slaughter hits a backbreaker for a two count. Slaughter gets a Boston Crab on. Hogan gets to the ropes and Slaughter thinks he has won. Slaughter focuses on the back again. He drops a knee on the kidney area. Adnan distracts the referee but messes up a Slaughter pin attempt. Slaughter only gets a two count. Hogan is busted open. The crowd is really getting into it. Slaughter gets the camel clutch on Hogan. Hogan hulking up. He gets to his feet but Slaughter rams Hogan into the post. Slaughter gets the Iraqi flag and drapes it over Hogan. Hogan hulks up again. Hogan rips the Iraqi flag. He punches Slaughter. Big boot, leg drop, and pin. New WWF champion. The crowd loves it. Hogan brings Old Glory into the ring and waves it as Gorilla Monsoon says that the Gulf War is officially over. Hogan must pose. Gorilla wishes us good night and signs off from Los Angeles. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Harris. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey saying so long from Stately, Maine Manor.
The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media.